Marnie Frey was murdered sometime after August 30th, 1997 by one of Canada's most notorious serial killers, Robert Picton, and this is her daughter's story. Hello? Hi, Brittany. Thanks for being with me today. Mourning the Murdered is a podcast I created because in 1999, I know someone that was murdered. My name is Kelly, and I am your host. Murder causes confusion and fear in communities. It certainly did for me. But you know what? I can't even begin to imagine the effect it has on families, on loved ones, on children. The sadness, the loss. I wanted to create a podcast that would give a voice to loved ones of murdered victims. Mourning the Murdered is that podcast and is created in remembrance of our victims. You will never be forgotten. The opinions expressed on Mourning the Murdered are not necessarily those of the host, producer, or its broadcasters. Sensitive topics will be discussed and are not suitable for everyone. Listener discretion is advised. Campbell River is in British Columbia and is known as the salmon capital of the world. In 1992, the population of Campbell River was around 30,000 people. It has a warm summer climate and winter here is not like most of the rest of Canada. Winter storms can happen, but they definitely are not the norm. Logging and fishing are two of the biggest industries here. As well, there is a lot of focus on clean energy and forestry. It is so beautiful here that it is an ideal place to film movies and many notable ones have been filmed here, including Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, Are We There Yet? and Final Destination 2. With its beautiful scenery, it is easy to enjoy a full day at Elk Falls Provincial Park, seeing the overwhelming power of the falls from the swinging suspension bridge above. You can also enjoy a gorgeous six kilometer walking trail in Elk Falls through the forest. With the majestic trees, you will feel like you have shrunk and become so small, looking up far above and seeing the endlessness of the trunks and branches dwarfing you. While in Campbell River, you can go to the Discovery Passage Aquarium or marvel in whale watching in this oceanside town. There is also the Campbell River Art Gallery, showcasing not only many professional Canadian artists, but offering classes to amateur artists as well. This is definitely the place to grow up if you enjoy the outdoors. It is spectacular. Marnie Frey grew up in Campbell River, British Columbia, Canada, She was known to be a very happy child that would give the shirt off her back to anyone. She was seen on many occasions trading her brand new shoes or other items for more worn ones just to see her friends made happy. 
She was always so joyous that she was seen as the bright light in many people's days. Marnie had many adventures outside as she was a child that loved the outdoors. She was also an animal lover, wanting to spend as much time as possible with her many loved furry friends. Marnie would spend hours outside playing with her bunnies and chickens, making forts and hanging out in the chicken coop. Do you know what she was like as a child? Oh yeah, she was amazing. She uh, loved animals. She loved, loved animals. She uh, was more of a tomboy. So she was always with my dad, cutting wood, whatever. Like it was, he was really, really close. My mom, they, she, she had horses. They, they were, it was different back then, right? There was no phones, you know what I mean? They, you had to spend time with your family and stuff. My mom and my dad, which, which is, so my grandpa, right? I call my, her dad, my dad. So right. he and them were like, her, him and her and Ricky were always out camping, doing stuff. She had a good life when she was a kid. She just unfortunately met some shitty people and fell into addiction. Yes. And that can happen so easily to anybody. So people who judge, they don't know what they're talking about. As Marnie grew older, she unfortunately turned prey to an Asian gang of drug dealers in high school, still so young and naive. It is always very sad when a child begins to get lost and start abusing drugs. Her parents always wanted the best for Marnie and tried their best to discourage this lifestyle and help her. Marnie and her brother were the best of friends when they were growing up. And her murder, as murders do, wreaked havoc on the entire family, devastating everyone, including her brother Ricky. She has a brother named Ricky, right? And that was her best friend. And they were really close too. He still has some issues and he's dealing with it because he's not, he didn't do too good about it. He lost his sister, his best friend, right? right. And he was in, because unfortunately he had went to jail. He was put into the same unit as Willie Pickton because he had did something in jail, whatever. He was put, he was put in the, into the the same population as him. He was three cells away from him. The enticement of the drugs began to overpower Marnie and she became addicted. In 1992, at the age of 18, Marnie gave birth to a beautiful daughter. She named her Brittany and Brittany was the apple of her mother's eye. Due to her drug addiction, and poor lifestyle choices, Marnie's parents took over the care of Brittany and she grew up in their loving home. When you were growing up with your, well, Marnie's parents, your parents, were they at home with you? Did they work? What was your uh, childhood like? I was, they were always around. Oh yes, they were the best. They're still the best. I love them. (laughs) My dad did fish lots. He was always gone fishing all the time. Okay. So like, when I was younger, like a baby, until I had my first birthday at home when I was six. Oh my! <laughs> um, I yeah, I grew up on this. It's called the Saner. 
you know what like gill netters are like saners they fish for gill netters are for salmon and stuff to control and stuff but saners are for herring and like big 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 nets like they're big boats well, oh, okay those are the uh, my dad had his own gill netter but he was a skipper on a saner so i grew up on those so i most of my life i was on the water marnie was never far though she kept in very close contact with her father mother and daughter even when marnie was at her lowest and drug use had taken over her entire life feeding her drug addiction through the sex trade in Vancouver. She still called home daily, and often many times a day, to check on her precious daughter Brittany, whom she absolutely adored. Brittany grew up in her grandparents' home, calling them mum and dad, and thinking Marnie was her sister. As Marnie was having a difficult time in her life, Marnie's parents thought it best to bring Brittany up as their daughter. Marnie visited home about once a month, and during these visits, Marnie and her daughter Brittany would spend hours together reading books and playing, going outside with the animals, and just hanging out. Marnie would talk to her family, making sure they knew she was still okay, but more importantly, to be sure her daughter, mother, and father were okay. She was a kind and compassionate woman. Brittany did find out Marnie was her mother. I got told that I was she was my sister, which they were trying to protect me, right? Mm-hmm. And I get it. But I think I was in grade four or five, and my cousin came up to me and bluntly told me to my face, that's not your uh, sister, that's your mom. And she, she's a hooker. My own cousin made fun of me about it. Oh my goodness. And that's his auntie. And that's his auntie. Can you imagine? Yes, I remember, I remember when they told me that she was my mom. I was sitting on the couch when my cousin had told me, because I was, you're not right, you're not right. I was like, you're wrong, she's my sister. And I went to the office, came crying. They called my parents, my parents picked me up brought me home. They actually stopped and got me ice cream first. And then we went and got dinner, went home, and I was wondering why they were, like, basically showering me and stuff. And they sat me down, and it literally felt like I got smacked in the face with a two-by-four. I blacked out. I just, I swear, my sound in my ears just went ringing, and I was staring at them, and I just went black. I'm so sorry to hear that. Yeah, that's very, very hard. Very hard. And my own family made fun of me about it. Your family made fun of you about 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 your mother? Her mo- being my mom and, like, her being a hooker. Oh, my goodness. You know, I just... If I was there right now, I would give you a big hug because it's just terrible <laughs> what you've been through. First of all, with your mother being murdered, and then on top of it, having your family not supporting you like that. Forget about not even supporting you, making fun of you. That, I, I, I'm, my mind is boggled. I'm so sorry. That is really, really terrible. Do you have any particular memory you'd like to share with us about your mom? I just remember she'd always, she was an addiction, right? Mm-hmm. She'd always come, when she'd come home, she'd just always spend hours with me on the couch and read to me. 
Well, that's really nice memories. And do you do that with your daughter now? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, so see, that's a nice tradition that was carried on from your mother to you to her granddaughter. So that's something you can think about when you're reading to her. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's very nice. But that must be hard. Marnie's family began to know something was wrong after her 24th birthday. On August 30th, 1997, Marnie called home to check in, as was her norm. And her mother wished her a happy birthday, telling Marnie there was a package that had been sent to her and she could pick it up at the bus station. This was their last phone call. The gift, including a drawing by her daughter, baked goods and clothing, was never picked up. They attempted to report Marnie missing, but kept being told to call back. The report never got filed by the police until December, four months after they first tried to report their daughter missing. There began to be discord in the family about Marnie's disappearance. My family is different. So they, because Marty's mom, Lynn Frey, that's her, her stepmom, right? It's not her biological mom, but that's her mom. That, that's Marty's mom. And she did everything she could to try and find her, to help, you know what I mean? Her own mother, her biological mother, didn't even take the time to go look for her, put out a missing report, nothing. And, like, our family constantly judged our family on it. There's family that were super supportive about it. Don't get me wrong, I'm not saying anything bad, but they weren't nice to us. No one was nice to us. And why was that, do you think? Because they felt like you weren't handling things the way they thought you should, or...? That's exactly it, is that my family thought that my parents were handling it wrong, but they were doing it the best they could. What are they supposed to do? They're like, my, you know, his daughter just got murdered. Right. He doesn't know what to do. He's got her daughter. Yes. Well, it's a completely... uh, No one hands you a manual book and says, this is how you deal with a murder. You know what I mean? Absolutely not. That's right. Absolutely not. It's it's a terrible thing. And everyone handles it differently, as you were saying. Mm -hmm. Which is completely right. I mean, how can you handle it? It's a terrible thing. Exactly. I I know they were trying to protect me, and I... My relationship with them is amazing. I love them. They're, they're still, Good. like, we're all in each other's life. But we don't talk to most of our family anymore. Okay, so it's caused that divide. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you hear that a lot where, unfortunately, when there's a tragedy like this in a family, there Splits seems the to... family up. Yes, it does. And that's why these murderers, you know, are horrible people, obviously, but also the ripple effect they that it has... They basically win... Yes, because it affects generations. Yeah, they do when they get what they want. Right, and it affects generations of people. Do you have a lot of pictures of your mom, at least, that you can sit and look at? Uh, no, my family stole it from me. Oh, boy. And also, back then, pictures weren't, you know, really that popular, oh, right? we had a lot. Oh, did you? We had a lot of my mom's stuff, and I'm not going to say means, but they came to our house, and she took everything of hers hmm. like letters to me from her and everything have you tried and to get them and then we had back? a fire and lost everything 
Oh. Or a, fl- a flood, sorry. Oh, my. A fire. Yeah, it's And have you tried to get those memories back, the pictures and the letters? Yeah, they won't give them to me. They have this lie. They say they don't have them. That is so terrible for she you. She won't ever give them to me. And then my other aunt has pictures and stuff, too, and she she won't. Okay, so this is the thing, is that she won't give my mom the original pictures of our family. But she'll go make a copy and give those to my mom. Right. So why? (laughs) Don't know. I've tried to get them back and she, yeah. She just won't? Nope. Oh my goodness. The thing with my family and my parents, they don't. So like if there's a reason why you don't want to give them back, just tell us. You know what I mean? Maybe we'll understand. Again, my mom, she won't say anything. So she lets it go. And I don't. I don't like... My mom constantly gets shit on it, and I'm like, so sad. Right. No, it is for sure. It's all they have left of my, like, my mom. They right. don't have her anymore, so you'd think they'd have the decency to give that kind of stuff back. Yes, for sure. It's their daughter. Well, and she's not even re- blood-related. She's just family-related. Right. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That's really, really hard. Yeah. So, But I've learned how to deal with it now. Well, good. And I, I like and 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 do you know? And he just made a book. Did you hear about that? I did not hear about that. You are kidding yeah. me. No, he still has rights in jail, so he got to make a book. I ended that real quick. Oh, it wasn't published, was it? Uh, I think it was. Yeah, it was put on Amazon. Oh, I can't even believe this. This is. I mean, how is that even possible that he could be sitting in jail and be writing a book? This, I, this man is an animal. The words right out of my mouth. I don't know. Yes, he's an animal. He should, he should be in a cage. He shouldn't have rights. He should not have rights. Of course, he should not have rights. They should have the death penalty in Canada, but they yeah. don't. It's particularly for cases like this. I mean, this is right? beyond. Oh yes, a hundred percent. I think murderers, baby pedophiles. Yes. Automatic death penalty. Yes. There's no fixing that. Oh, it's just unmentally unstable. They can get fixed. No, they can't. No. No, you can't. You kill somebody, they're going to do it again. Right. And especially someone like this who killed over and over and over again. Of course he's going to do it again. Are you kidding me? Over 50 people. Yes. So when do you remember... And that's just what they know of. Right. That is very true. Because a lot of these women, unfortunately, their family did give up on them. So they they don't even know they're missing, right? So... No, and they don't even understand where... See what blows my mind is that Fraser River is right down the road. Yes. They ain't gonna find anything in that river. No way. No way. Oh so my sick. goodness. It really is sick. And do you remember being told about your mother uh being murdered? I do. You do. And and how did that happen? Who told you? Uh my parents. Uh how old was I when they told me that she was I was I remember I was sitting on the couch and People showed up to my house in normal clothes, and my dad grabbed me and picked me up and looked at my mom and started crying. And he's like, it's time. And my mom started crying, and they knocked on the door, and they told me that they found her remains. And then she was gone, and she wasn't coming back. And how, as a child, can you possibly begin to understand my that. dad ran down the road with me his arms and dropped me off at my auntie carol's 
and I they went back to the house and talked to the cops right right we talked for probably four hours and then my dad came back and got me oh my and at that point uh you knew at that point yeah and then everything blew up and dateline started coming to our house and just shows and shows and movies and movies and like news people and it was just yeah must have been just a roller coaster for you emotionally as a child i mean the media was not nice about it they were constantly in our face months and years passed but marnie's mother lynn frey never gave up and kept looking for the daughter she loved so much this is the story of Marnie Frey's murder. Word of mouth is such a powerful tool that if you could tell everyone you know about Mourning the Murdered, that would be so helpful to us and we would really appreciate it. You can let them know that we can be found on Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcast, and iHeartRadio. So be sure to download each episode and don't forget to like us on Facebook. This will really help us get more exposure. Thanks so much. And don't forget, tell a friend. I would really like for this podcast to drop weekly so as many loved ones' voices can be heard as possible. Morning the Murdered have both Patreon and PayPal accounts. If you would be able to contribute to help us to keep the show going, we would greatly appreciate it and thank you in advance. You would get a shout-out on a future episode and we would mail you a thank you card signed by me. You can find us at Patreon, or for PayPal, send to morningthemurdered at gmail.com. That's M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G-T-H-E-M-U-R-D-E-R-E-D at gmail.com. Thank you for your generosity, and now back to the show. My mom hopped the fence at the pig barn when played with my mom. So she told them about it. When Marnie went missing, my mom automatically caught Moke. I'm going to go find her, right? Mm -hmm. So she went to Vancouver, was looking for her. She did an an amazing job. And then she got a crew of people, and then it started getting bigger and bigger. They were all looking, and then, then she found out it wasn't just Marnie. There was more girls and more girls and more women, and then men. For like you know trans you know what I mean like transgenders, mm-hmm. and she finally she got a break on the pig farm. So her and my auntie Joyce went to the pig farm, and there was a sign, and it was "Beware of dog," and it was nighttime, right? So she could see all the lights on and everything. She hopped the fence oh and ripped her pants and was got in there, and she was starting to look through stuff. And the dog came running out and bit my mom on the ass. Oh, no. Yeah, so she had to go to the Vancouver hospital, get a tetanus shot. And they're like, oh, how did this happen? And she told them. And they're like, that's breaking and entering. Don't go back there, blah, 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 blah. And the cops didn't want her to go there. They're dirty. Dirty cops. Dirty, 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 dirty cops. And I can say that over and over and over and over again. Right. And so how did your mom know to go there? Had had Someone told her. Someone told her. So one of Marnie's friends told your mom to go look there? Is that right? Because uh, my mom used to go down to the downtown east side. Mm-hmm. 
So she was down there, and she found this girl. She was at, a, uh, like, a food place, like a soup kitchen. And she was talking to this girl, and she's like, haven't you heard about the pig farm? Girls go there, and they don't come back. Everybody goes there and doesn't come back. And my mom's like, well, where is this pig farm? And she's like, I can tell you. And then she told her, and my mom went there, and she started asking more people about it. And they're like, don't talk to me about it. And they just tell my mom to shut up. You know what I mean? And then there was mm-hmm. some people that were like, would take her aside, and I don't want to like be around anybody talking about it. Like we have to go somewhere else. And then she started finding out some deep, deep, deep shit. And she told the cop, told her to stop, that she's not a cop, and that she needs to stay out of it. And then we got death threats, and it was just, it was horrible. That whole situation is horrible, and there is more to it. Right. It is so sad how Marnie, along with all of the other missing women that are presumed killed by serial killer Robert Willie Picton, are referred to as only prostitutes or only drug addicts. These people that were murdered were women, were part of families and communities. They were all daughters, some sisters, aunts, cousins, mothers. Their murderer was Canadian. Shameful, horrifying, appalling. Why isn't everyone standing up and shouting out about this? Why aren't we all outraged? It seems as though this case is quietly forgotten that these women are quietly forgotten this is an absolutely devastating case and people should know about it the women didn't deserve that they were human too and the way that they got treated was wrong and i think that the people that are supposed to be professional about it And if they're listening to this, they did a really, really shitty job and they should have took it more seriously because you have to put yourself in someone else's position. Like, what if that was your kid? I bet you'd be doing it a lot different. Your sister, your aunt, your mom. Just because it's someone else doesn't mean that, that they don't mean something to someone. I am here to speak about Marnie and her daughter, Brittany, and what she had to live through. This poor young woman who has struggled her whole life, not only with the loss of her mother, but with all of the after effects. Brittany was bullied. Bullied. Can you imagine? How can it be that parents out there didn't go out of their way to be sure that their children knew better than to abuse Brittany? when she was a youngster. Where was the empathy of families who should have taught their children compassion and understanding, tolerance and empathy, simple kindness? And the schools? Don't even get me started on them. It must be very hard for for you to have grown up with this story surrounding you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've been told my my whole life about it. Uh, I, I was five when she died, and then I think I was a little bit older when 
it started to finally come out to light and they found him and yeah. So you were bullied. How how were you bullied? Like in school, you mean? Yeah, I was bullied in school, out school. It was just, it was cool. It was really cool. Kids are not nice, that's for sure. Kids are not and, nice. And you want to know the crazy thing is that I got expelled. Not the kids that bullied me. I did. Why? How did that come about? Um. So here, I'll tell you just a quick. So when I was in grade seven, I was in the cafeteria lineup, and uh, I'm, I was in the cafeteria lineup, and there's a girl, probably about two to three people behind me, and she had a hot dog in her hand, and she was talking to a friend about it, and she was like, oh my God, I feel so bad I'm meeting Brittany Frey's mom. And I turned around, and I just looked at her, and I... I I pushed her, and I ran away, and I, like, I didn't, like, hit her, right? I just pushed her and dropped my food and ran to the bathroom, and I, like, cried in the bathroom. And uh, my parents came and picked me up, and they let the kids stay, and I got suspended for three weeks. That is absolutely the most horrible thing ever. I, I can't believe some a school would treat a child that way. Mm-hmm. And then my dad, well, Marnie's dad, right, because I called them mom and dad, he got an appointment with the head board, the school district, and yeah, it was not, it wasn't fun. It wasn't, he got into like a screaming match with them. They eventually just kicked me out because I was starting to get angry, right? Like, because it wasn't just one, two, three, four, five kids. It was like 20 plus kids that constantly bullied me every day about my mom. That must have been such a struggle for you. Yeah, it was. I, I can't, I am flabbergasted to hear that I know kids can be cruel, but that is beyond cruel. That is just... Oh, and it's just worse now. Like, it's worse. Now that I'm actually older, they don't sugarcoat it as much. The stuff that people say on the internet and stuff, like, there's people that believe that Willie Pickton is innocent. And, like, we all have our own thoughts, Right. I get that he what he he did help right, and there is more to it. I hundred percent agree with that. But to like kick me while I'm already down and be like, oh, you don't even know what you're talking about. He didn't fuck like he didn't service swearing. He didn't kill those people. But they it's just it's sad the way that people treat people nowadays because they just assume you know what I mean. So they don't even know my background or what I've been through. They just they just think they think they know right. That is just terrible. I yes, it's terrible. I'm so so sorry to hear that for you. It's okay. <laughs> well, it is. No, but it's it's very sad. I, I find that horrifying. I wish I could go and you know have a little chat with all those kids who treated you so poorly. I'm shocked. That's so terrible. Yeah. Too the other day because of with the coronavirus and stuff, right? Like I see posts on Facebook. Not no one is being nice to each other. They're you base someone off by their appearance of their profile picture and you call them an idiot you have no clue who they are what they like you know what I mean right. and like uh, it was this group and this lady she was probably 70 and this men there are men my age were calling her the c word and like basically saying that if she got the coronavirus that it would be doing this a favor that killing off the old pieces of the world what we're all in this together. We are yes. all human. We just have different cultures, and that is it. It sounds like when your daughter's we ready to go to... We all believe the same, you know what I mean? Yes. 
But it sounds like you, when your daughter's ready to go to school, you you are going to be someone who can start and uh, run an anti-bullying campaign. Remember those oh, words. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. Because you sound like, A, it's obviously been a horrible time for you with all the bullying you've gone through, not only through strangers, but your family. But I mean, still to this day, you're being bullied, which is terrible. And so... You know, you might be able to help other people by starting like an anti-bullying campaign and it might give you some comfort knowing you're helping others, maybe. I actually got an award when I was, oh my goodness, I was young, like young, young, young. Um, in Victoria, do you remember that girl? Her name was Rena Burke or something. She got uh, murdered under that bridge in Victoria, B.C. Don't, was she the 15-year-old? She was a teenager. She got the crap beat out of her and then lit on fire, if I'm correct. I could be wrong. I have a vague recollection, yes. I was young when it happened, but I uh, heard that served me an award because our families helped them get justice. Well, not help them get justice, that's wrong. I don't know what exactly it was. I have their award here somewhere. I just know I got an award for a bullying thing. Because, like, I was an anti-advocate at such a young age, and my parents got one, too. I'm 27, and I'm just starting to go to counseling to deal with my mom. I did when I was younger because it was mandatory because I did get in trouble as a teen. Mm -hmm. Because I was so angry with everybody bugging me constantly, telling me that I'm a loser and that I'm going to end up like my mom. And just the stuff they would say to me, I retaliated when those kids would bug me, and I ended up fighting them. And I got in trouble. They never did, just me. I was the only one that ever got in trouble. And I remember, I think I was 14 till I was 18. I had to, or 13 till I was 19. I had to go and see a counselor. It was mandatory for anger management because they thought I had anger issues. Well, I can understand. Of course I do. I lost my mom. (laughs) And then I'm getting picked on. Exactly. That's what I was thinking. I mean, you lost your mother and people are picking on you as if you're not going to have some sort of an anger issue. I wouldn't even call it anger issues. I would just call it anger. And you want to know what I did? What? I messaged every single one of those person people back after I think I was like 21, 22, when I was trying to like come to like grips with myself and like move on from everything. I messaged them and I I apologized. You apologized for fighting with them even though they bullied you? Yep. And what did they say? LOL. They didn't take any responsibility for what they did to you? No, not at all. Acted like it didn't even happen. Imagine. You wow. know, the thing with people like that is they can't come to terms with it. They're no. too much of a pussy because of what ha- like me being bullied and stuff. I found my lady balls, so I have a backbone now. Like ever since I've gotten older, I don't let people push me around. I'm really honest. And ever since I got sober, of course, I lied when I was in addiction. Right. I'm pretty sure everybody did. Right, of so course. So now I just don't find the need to do it. I don't, I feel bad. Like, I, I suck at lying, so there's no point either. <laughs> I just don't feel the need to lie and to be honest with people like you should be honest with people young Brittany being only five when her mother went missing wondering why she wasn't coming home to visit why she wasn't calling having no answers and sitting and waiting while Marnie's father and mother 
were out there desperately searching for her and not getting any answers, also wondering where their daughter was. And Brittany had to live all those years not understanding where Marnie was, but hearing rumors. Finally, Robert Picton was arrested in 2002 and charged in 2007. He was charged with Marnie's murder. Brittany, when she was learning about this and hearing about it all and having to deal with it at the tender age of 10, when children should be playing with toys and having sleepovers with friends, playing with dolls and trucks, this 10-year-old had to learn the truth about what happened to Marnie at a very young and vulnerable age. She went to court to hear the truth and find out what happened to her mother. I sat every day in that courtroom and listened to the stuff they said. Five plus years. And I was a little kid and like I, I had to listen. It was my choice, right? I didn't have to. I, ch I chose to listen. How old were you when you started going to court to watch the proceedings? Oh my goodness. I was 14. Okay. 13 or 14. My parents didn't let me go when I was super young, but when I was in middle school, that's when it started to come to light more. And, uh, well, it, I mean, it, no, that's not true, because it was when I was little, it, they were dealing with it still. It was just, it was more light for me. So, like, I started to hear more things that, like, what happened to the women and stuff. And, like, my parents knew they couldn't really protect me from it anymore. So they gave me the like the choice right like either you don't have to listen to these things or you can come and they like made me aware and like the victim services and my lawyer were like like the stuff you hear is not gonna be nice just so you know and it can like mentally screw somebody up which it did and I, I don't regret it but like maybe it wasn't a good idea but I know my parents they just wanted the best for me and they wanted me to get answers if that's you under, if you understand what I'm saying. I completely understand. You get to an age where you understand what's happening. When you're right. little, you don't really get it. But as you're getting older, you're hearing things and you're sort of knowing what's going on. And it's better to right. just be right there and hear it. And that's what it was. I, yes. I just wanted to hear it for myself instead of from everybody else. And I totally get that. Now, you say it screwed you up. In what way do you feel that it did? And what did you... Did you get counseling and stuff or... I get, I did get counseling. I still have counseling for the, like the rest of my life, right? And my 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 daughter actually has free counseling too, like my family. Oh, really? But uh, it was just mentally, mentally and emotionally, like the stuff that I heard was not. It wasn't sugar coated, right? Like it was, it wasn't a good place. And like the women there, I I can't even imagine the stuff they went through because it is just. It's something you read out of, like, a book or a movie. You know, like, I know that it happened, and I get it. I'm 27 now, and I, I, you know what I mean? Like, I know it happened. But to me, it still gets a dream. I still, like, can't believe that that, that was my mom. That, that happened to me, you know what I mean? And, like, more people are, like, now, they're, like, I've there's people that have read about me my whole life. You know what I mean? Like, know everything about me. They've read the transcripts from court. They just know everything and 
it's just crazy how open and it's out there and like how serious it was because it still doesn't really click into my head get what I'm saying I totally get it it's it's like you said it is out of a movie unfortunately so for it to be real it must be very incomprehensible for you because now I'm educated right so like I know you know what I mean what people so when people try and fight me on it I know I know what happened I know you know what I mean like I get it yes absolutely tell me that oh no this is what happened you don't know Mm -hmm. what you're talking about no I do I sat in that courtroom for five plus years listening to every detail that's right sick Oh, it must have been sick. I I can't even imagine. It must have. That's why I'm saying it must have been very challenging for you to hear. But at least you knew what was really happening, and you didn't just have to listen to rumors and no. the bullies yeah. and you know. They found dismembered heads in the freezer, hand. Just yeah, it's way too disturbing. Oh yeah, like the deepest and darkest things you could ever think of that happened on that farm. I'm not quite sure how people move on after a tragedy. There are support groups online and face-to-face, and there are books and family and friends to lean on. But in reality, when someone loses a loved one to murder, they lose a piece of themselves that can never be returned. Memories are all that are left. So talk about your loved one. And let the world know how important they will be to you forever. These memories become valuable treasures. No one will ever understand your pain. But surround yourself with those that can understand how important it is for you to share your story. I will now light a candle for the victim and their loved ones, ensuring their memory lives on and burns brightly. You are remembered. I want to take a moment and extend my most sincere and humble gratitude to each and every one of you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you have any questions, or if you would like your voice to be heard on Morning the Murdered and tell the story of your loved one, email me at morningthemurdered at gmail.com. That's M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G-T-H-E M-U-R-D-E-R-E-D at gmail.com Thank you to Dennis for editing this podcast. You are absolutely indispensable. Thank you so much. A huge shout out to Patrick for creating the original music that you hear. And the artwork for this podcast was created by Talia with support from Matt and Mick. Thanks so much, guys.